it hardly matters. You're too late. Bray and the rest are prisoners. You might as well all surrender. All this time, ever since you came back, everything you told us was a lie? I knew it. You didn't see her with the Chosen. She was her queen. I never could believe you were faking just to protect the kid. Welcome to Series 2, Episode 51 of Conversations with New Mountain, a podcast about the tribe. I'm your host, Lance, and joining the podcast panel today is Liz. Hello. Sabine. Hi. And Carlin. What up? With episode notes done by Matt and myself. So Series 2, Episode 51, the screenplay was done by David Fox. It was directed by both John Callen and John Reed. And the episode synopsis were read out by Sabine. Bray is concerned for Danny as the Chosen hold the tribe leaders captive. While back at the mall, the extent of Trudy's deception finally becomes clear. First thing I have to say about this episode, I don't know whether it's the script or the direction, but for me personally, I feel like something's not hitting the mark here. I don't know. It, I, it feels almost like there are too many unnatural pauses between what characters are saying to each other. I don't feel like it matches the action all the time. Um, it just doesn't, the script isn't very impressive. You know, it, it's some scenes that are good are just because the actors themselves are really good, but I don't feel like it's because of what they're been told to say. And then there are just these scenes where it's just like, there's this very unnatural pace between how these characters would be reacting to what's happening in front of them or what they've just heard. And I don't know, there's just something about this episode just didn't, I mean, granted, there are good scenes in it. And again, I, I give the, I give the props to the actors for making those scenes work. But then there are just too many scenes where I'm just like, this feels unnaturally slow, either it's the direction or the actual script that's just not making this feel like the urgency it should have, given what's supposed to be happening. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I felt that. I mm. feel the script mm-hmm. really worked <laughs> for a lot of it. Um, yeah, we're, we're going to get into individual bits, but yeah, I, I didn't feel like it worked personally. Um, but yeah, let's start off with the cliffhanger. I don't know anything. No, you must know something. How many of them are there? What are they planning? Is Danny's life in danger? Well... You heard the man, huh? She doesn't know anything. Leave her alone. Just tell us, you little traitor. Lex, what are you doing? Just leave her alone. Tensions run high as a frustrated Bray and Lex piece together the fragments of information that they have in the face of the chosen threat. And Lex takes this moment to state that he knew all along that something hadn't been right with Trudy and how she so easily returned. But Bray is trying to think of their next move and how to save both Danny and the other tribal leaders. They turn to Patsy for answers but only succeed in scaring her off when Ryan intervenes. This leads to Chloe running after her, and she tells her that they need to go back to the mall to warn the others, but Patsy says that she's too scared to go back and face Trudy. So yeah, quite a bit in that opening scene. Um, What would you make of the emotions of the different characters here? Oh, Lex. (laughs) I don't know, it it felt so very fitting for Lex to instantly say, Ooh, I knew it wasn't right. I knew it, and this is just... Even though he was one of the people who said, no, 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 she's back, everything's fine. There's nothing wrong here, everything is fine. So, yeah, it's... I mean, I get why he does it, but... You know, it's it's just very lax. 
and Trey, and Bray just really doesn't want to think about it. He just wants to save Danny and not think about anything this has to do with Trudy. I do like this opening scene. Again, the dialogue's not the best, but I feel like the actors are what make it work. It's like they know how their character would react to such a thing happening. And they really embodied that. You know, what is Bray's knee-jerk reaction? To kind of go into a sort of denial. You can see on Bray's face, mm -hmm. he is questioning everything that has happened up to this point. All of the things he's ignored. All of the things he wanted to brush under the rug. And it's all just coming to roost. And you can see this, the panic on Bray's face. And the only thing he can focus on is just getting Danny out of there. Getting, but he has nothing. He has no solutions to offer because that is very Bray. You know, in a moment mm -hmm. of crisis, it is hard for Bray to come up with a solution because he's at war in his head. That's what Bray does. You have Lex, who I felt Caleb did a really good job of, yes, falling into his habit of blaming someone else and claiming he was right all along because he doesn't want to admit mm -hmm. that he, too, was also fooled by Trudy. And I also got the sense that Lex is grappling with the fact that the reason he was fooled by Trudy was because he felt guilty for what had happened to Trudy, mm. you know, and the fact that she saved his life. That's why he so easily fell in line with whatever she had to say. Mm -hmm. And then you have Ryan, who is so used to being, you know, third in command, fourth in command, watching these two men, waiting for them to come up with something. But you can see all the things that Ryan is concerned about. He has a wife at the mall. Patsy's like his daughter. He's concerned for her mm -hmm. and what's been happening to her. And I thought that was great. And I, yeah. I liked Patsy, the way she froze, because... Patsy is just coming to grips with the fact that Trudy, someone she loved and trusted, has been lying to her this whole mm -hmm. time and caused her to fool their whole family. And it's how do you organize your thoughts about something like that and have answers for people? I mean, this is the first time you've allowed yourself to even think about it, you know? And just so instead of flight or flight, she froze. You know, she has nothing. She doesn't know what to say to them. I don't know. I know nothing. I don't know. Because she, she can't think about what she might actually know, you know? And so I think the actors saved the scene mm -hmm. because they did such a great job of conveying what the frick you'd be feeling at this moment that you just found out. That, ah, oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Patsy was just so perfect in the scene. Her panic so sincere. And I have to say, I was really glad that Ryan jumped in when he did because, of course, Lex would go to her with a, and Bray would go for, what do you know? Please tell us, what do you know? So, yeah, Ryan stepping up and protecting her. It felt good to see him in that position again. Yeah. Um, again, I think the actress who, who who played Patsy should have had a bigger role <laughs> in the entire series. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know why. It's almost shocking that like someone with this much talent is just like, no, you're going to be a background character. I think that's appropriate. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's a nice scene. Great emotions. Um I do agree it's nice to see Ryan protect someone or being that protective, um, I guess, the father of the of the tribe, mm -hmm. because he's pretty much going to, I don't know, me personally, I feel like his character goes downhill after after this a little bit. The high point of the episode, in my opinion, like it's the best acting, best emotional response that the episode has to offer. But that's just how I feel. And I don't feel like any of the other scenes really capture like this genuine reaction to what's going on it kind of goes a little like every other episode uh, scene after this is a little lackluster compared to this one that pulls you in 
Yeah, I was just going to say, I, I did like how like Bray let Lex go all out on Patsy because he was as frustrated mm-hmm. himself about not knowing what was going on and what the situation was with the trope. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yeah, yeah, should, do you think Ryan should have intervened at that point? I guess it's not a question of should he, it's just that's what Ryan would do. You know, mm. I, not, I mean, Lex's reaction is completely valid. You know, I, I went mm-hmm. through a period where I was just like, Patsy, this is all your freaking fault. How dumb are you? And then I had children. And um, <laughs> and it continued even more. <laughs> so I, I cannot blame Lex for reacting the way he does. Yes, Patsy, give them some friggin' answers. Tell them what they could possibly do. There's just no way you could have been in Trudy's pocket this whole time and not have some useful information for them. What was the point of warning them if you have nothing else to give them? And like you said, Lance, the fact that Bray even lets that happen, you know, because he's dealing with the fact that, are you friggin' kidding me, you know? But I just, it wouldn't have made sense if Ryan didn't interfere, even if he shouldn't have, even if he had should should have let you know them maybe scare patsy and to give them any information it's it wouldn't be ryan to allow that to happen Mm. you know and i don't even know if it would have worked because the thing is you can scare people into shutting down so that's what patsy was gonna do with Mm. that kind of reaction she was already terrified of the reaction to people finding out that she had been fooled by trudy and could have warned them and her reaction is to shut down so yeah should he have said anything maybe not but i don't think it would have made that much of a difference i think uh patsy would have still run off terrified and crying and to be fair that's what patsy does i mean for me this it reminds me of the scene early in the season when brady was first taken trudy having similar responses as lex does to patsy with a where's my child you must know something and everyone instantly going, ah, oh, that poor girl, just, you know, leave the poor girl alone. But Patsy would have not been able to tell her anything anyway. But in this moment, I highly doubt that Patsy would have been able to tell them anything either. Yeah. Trudy kept so much from her, you know. Would it have been useful for, the, for her to tell them, yeah, well, the Guardian did try to kill Ebony, but she's still alive. Would that have helped? No. Maybe. But she wasn't going to do it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's, Patsy's just a perfect pawn for this kind of thing to happen. She's not really the smartest <laughs> smartest girl out there. She's one of those people who requires a very calming, mm-hmm. uh, catering environment to be able to think straight and say what she knows. And this is not the environment for her to be able to gather her thoughts and consider the things that Trudy has said to her and put it together and think, okay, well, Trudy said this. So maybe it implies this. She's not in that headspace. She can't do that right now. It's too panicky. She's too afraid. There's too much happening. You know, she was never going to be able to give them a coherent answer they could work with regardless. You know, and they are not in a position where they can molly coddle her anyway. So I think it went the way it was going to go, given the circumstances Mm -hmm. they're in. Sure, later Patsy would be able to, you know, when she's calm and had time to think about it, be like, okay, these are the things that Trudy told me, and this is what can be inferred from those things. But right now, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. She can't tell you mm-hmm. anything useful. <laughs> I do get that she's terrified, though. You know, her telling Chloe that she's too scared to go back and face Trudy. I get it, because honestly, Trudy's been terrifying. <laughs> 
especially to Patty. And after what happened to Ebony, surely this girl thinks, okay, I'm next. Loving someone you're afraid of is a terrifying position to be in. Mm -hmm. But it's totally fair to be like, this is all your fault, Patsy! (laughs) (laughs) You stupid kid! (laughs) Yeah, she's so stupid. I do love Lex's line after she runs runs off. You know, and I think Ryan says something to Lex, but whatever. I love what Lex says. She sold us all out. You know, it's such a line of resignation. Mm. It's honest, you know, like this kid's useless to us. And they they all screwed us over. You know, these three guys are in the same position and Patsy ain't going to give them any answers. They got to figure this out on their own. Mm -hmm. Since the time of the loneliness, you have fought a futile war for control of this city. Its streets have echoed with your battle cries. But who among you has profited from this? Do you live like kings? No. You live like rats. Inside, the Guardian dangles a tantalizing offer to the tribal leaders, putting an end to all the fighting and uniting the city under Zoot, with the tribes retaining control over their own sectors. Danny is defiant and tries to rally the others, but the Guardian threatens to burn them all to the ground. One by one, the tribe leaders all kneel, except Danny. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I mean, what did you make of the Guardian and Danny's arguments to the other tribal leaders? And is what the Guardian offers truly that much different to the Morats? This scene pissed me off, but go ahead. No, go for it. <laughs> no, 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 no. I want to hear it. No, no, go, yeah. Carlin, please. Yeah, please. This scene pissed me off. What's his face? The dude with the, uh, with the helmet? Whatever his face is. <laughs> color blocking. Yeah, color blocking. This guy was talking so much ish in that tribal dance episode. All oh, the more rest, this, more rest, that. We need new <laughs> leaders, this and that. And he is the first one to cower in front of uh, in front of some mm-hmm. real danger. I this this was the start for me that made me hate this entire city that the Morats <laughs> keep protecting. <laughs> Why do we keep going out of our way to protect idiots? To protect cowards, people who can't think for themselves. Dow Dow had the right answer all along. We should just leave the city. Just leave it. Very fair. I had forgotten he was the same guy, you know. Um, But now that you mention it, it's like, yeah, he was the first big mouth to just constantly be causing trouble. Mm -hmm. And saying, oh, the mall rats this, the mall rats that. But you're right. The first time someone used a strong arm on him, he was just like, Okay, whatever you want. I'll do whatever you want. And he literally says that. Whatever you want, I'll do it. Um, This is the one scene where I think the dialogue is great. Damon delivers his lines spectacularly. Mm -hmm. He's not even wrong what he says about their situation. This city, all you guys have been doing is fighting over the scraps. And who has freaking won? What has been the point of all this ridiculousness? You know? And I... I think even his offer, like it, it's so historically accurate. He might as well be Persia, like trying to conquer Greece at this point. Like that's what he reminded me of. I'm like, you guys are just a bunch of warring city states. I'm trying to unite you under a banner of peace. Even his offer isn't that terrible. You would still have your own sectors. He's offering more than the Mm -hmm. Mallrats did, which is pretty messed up. Like, you could run your sectors the way you want. All I'm asking, he's basically just saying, I'd ask you to pay taxes to, you know, the United Front. 
you know, and I can understand why for some of that leaders, it's not the worst thing they've been offered before. You know, they're being offered a freedom of their liking, but sure, mm -hmm. they pay tribute. They, they're, they're paying fealty. That's all to this, to this higher power that'll pretty much leave them alone for the most part. And I'm like, he's not wrong in what he's saying. Um, I feel like the scenes between he and Danny could have been more powerful and more poignant if Danny had actually fought for freedom. But the problem is, I remember Danny literally telling these kids, if you don't do what we want, you get sick and die. Mm -hmm. How is that much different yep. than the Guardian saying, you worship the Zoot, our little god we made up, or you die? Like, I can understand some kids being like, that's not the worst deal we've been given, to be honest. Danny tried to screw them over. The Guardian hasn't so far. Uh, yeah, they, they're trying to make it seem like these scenes between Danny and the Guardian are just like, they're trying to reminisce. It's almost like they're trying to do what they did with Amber and Ebony in season one. But it worked in season one because Ebony, mm -hmm. actually, Ebony and Amber actually stood for the things they were saying. Here, Danny does not stand for what she's claiming she stands for. We just watched her through a whole season doing things that aren't unlike the chosen. Did Danny kill anyone by her own hand? No. But when you basically tell someone, you either get this virus that we know will 100% kill you or do what we want, mm -hmm. it's not much different. It really isn't any different. We have seen her lie and cheat the public just so she could keep power so these scenes don't work with her being like the last standing vigil of light against darkness like <laughs> yeah agreed yeah i mean i am glad that she didn't instantly give in though yeah it's great this could have been so powerful for danny that she's still standing up against this but it's like i watched you all season i've seen the things you've done danny you know i know what you stand for regardless of what you try to say you stand for I know you mean good. I know you're not a malicious person, but that doesn't change what you have done, how you have acted out your agenda. And um, yeah, I just, you, you really don't have a, a, a leg to stand on in this conversation with the Guardian. Interesting how nobody really tries to fight the people around them. Mm -hmm. They're standing there, they're talking, and they're waiting. Makes me I sick. Didn't like that. I didn't like that. Yeah, I thought that was a bit. <laughs> Especially that I mean, girl with the purple makeup. She makes me sick too. I remember her. It's not surprising though. I mean, they tried to put up a fight with the mall rats, and they yeah. had no choice but to finally bend the knee. Then, and sometimes, a strong leader's best move is to bend the knee. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, what is the Slytherin motto? You live to fight till tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And it's actually one of the smartest things you can do when you are in an unwinnable situation. You don't pull the Gryffindor card and be like, well, I'm going to go out fighting right now. It's like, if you have more to worry <laughs> about than yourself, sometimes you have to be like, okay, all right. Sometimes you need to know when I've lost this argument, I need to regroup. Okay, fine. You win right now. Okay. That doesn't mean I'm going to give up, but I just, it made sense to me that these kids were just like, yeah. oh boy, this is not something we can win right now. And um, we need to think, for, you know, I'm, each one of them was like, I have to think about myself and my tribe right now. <laughs> See, I get that, we... but nobody really tried. They didn't even yeah. for a moment try to grab one of the, you know, one of the sticks from the girls around them. 
Guarded. They're soft. They're soft. That's what it is. If it was one or two tribes um, taking, like, reflecting on the, the safety of their own people, I would have understand. But they all did. It was like it didn't seem reasonable and like it didn't seem realistic. But I, especially I, the demon dogs did not. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, There's some on. warrior tribes in there. Zoot to, to Neil to Zoot. No, come on. <laughs> I agree with you guys. Then this is where I felt like the script just. It felt like it wasn't keeping up with the urgency of what should be happening. You know, um, the fact that there is nobody who once reacts physically to this imposing force who waltzes in with weapons. Not a single one of them had an instinct to be like, what the heck is this? And fight. Um, I agree with you. That's just like, somebody would. Granted, yeah, you'd stop it dead in its tracks or whatever. But that scene mm-hmm. should have been there. It should have been somebody. These, these leaders shouldn't have been taken so easily. I do feel like there could have been fisticuffs. Obviously, the chosen would win those fisticuffs, but they should have existed. Mm-hmm. Some there should have been a few punches thrown, and they're overpowered very quickly. And it gives you know, oh, okay, we are overpowered. We can't beat them physically. But you're right. The fact that not a single one of them even considers it to throw a punch against these guys, come on, you know. Um, and that's where I feel like the script mm-hmm. just isn't capturing the urgency that should be there in this episode i am wondering though the rest of these tribe leaders they've been in that meeting with ebony before about how dangerous the chosen are i wonder if they took still did take that to heart at this moment i i don't know i don't know I feel like from this moment on, every tribe in the city that isn't a mall rat just is background fodder. Like they don't have any yeah. personality. They don't have anything they personally want. They don't have a point of view. Until we get Maz, none of these tribes have a point of view, have mm. any drive, thirst, anything. They're just background characters who are there to go along with the flow. And. Mm. Because I just, I miss them being more argumentative and having points of view. Even if I didn't like their point of view, they're supposed to have one, you know? And yeah, just from this episode on, that's, they don't have one. Again, until we see Maz, there will be no tribe that's like, this is what we stand for. This is how we feel. We're argumentative. We're going to give you crap because we don't agree with you. And it's like, that's how they should be. Maybe they didn't argue because they were that sick of the mall rats. <laughs> I can't believe oh my god. Maybe if he'll capture the city, he'll capture Danny with us too. <laughs> it almost speaks to just an exhaustion of how like I mean if you wanna if you ever needed evidence that the mall rats have not done a good job running the city, it's this immediate surrender right here. That mm-hmm. not a single one of these kids is like willing to fight for what the city is right now. That they're all willing to be like, you know what? Sure. Let's check out what the new king will do. You know, like that says something about the Malrath yeah. leadership. That like Danny can't get a single one of them to agree with her, even if they're a little p- apologetic, because some of them seem to like her. And they're just like, "Sorry, Danny. Like, no, no. You and what your tribe wants is not worth fighting for." You know, because it's not like the Malrats have fought for any of their tribes. No, it's not like the Malrats have prioritized any of their tribes' well-being. I wouldn't fight for her either. No, I'm sorry, Danny. This is yeah. not an insult to you. But if I were living in the city under the Malrat rule, I wouldn't fight for you either. I would. Yeah, and then seeing what the Guardian is offering, you know, unlike Danny with her, oh, do our bidding and we might just let you have what you want. 
And he just says, you can do whatever you want as long as you are loyal to us in the end. It's kind of like people wondering why Trudy didn't tell the Mallrats, hey, the Chosen have let me go, but they still have Brady help me get her back. It's because they already failed her before and didn't give a crap. Mm -hmm. So she said, I'm going to have to go this alone. I can't depend yeah. on you to help me. So I could see these tribe leaders being like, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm, we're surviving the way things are, but no, I don't depend on the Malrats to get this out, get us out of this. I have to go it alone. Yeah, they don't have the fate that the Malrats will, you know, solve this for them. So why try? Yeah, this this entire scene made me sick. If anything, that entire pool scene with the everyone broke out fighting, that should have happened here, or at least <laughs> a small bit of action, something, you know, just something that just shows resistance. Yeah, I agree. We should have had at least one, at least one tribe being like, I don't like being ruled by anybody. <laughs> Especially when you consider how many um, arguments some of these tribe leaders have given during times when it wasn't even necessary to give an argument. Right. So yeah, this definitely should have been a time for at least one of them to be like, hell no, I don't think so. Who are you? <laughs> at this point, when I watched it, no more did I want to hear any other tribe speak out about what they want for this city. No more. <laughs> Yeah, from now on, I will really miss the personalities of the other tribes because they just don't feel like they exist. They're, um, they're Sims. Yes, NPCs. We've got to get out of here right now. What happened? The Chosen, they're back. The Chosen have disbanded, Alice. It can't have been them. Let me think. The leader's got long blonde hair, wears a white robe, likes talking about Zoot a whole lot and throwing people off a building. Ring any bells? You people do what you want. I've got to find Ali. Back at the mall, Alice returns with her warning of the Chosen's return, which Trudy immediately tries to discredit, claiming that she's in league with Ebony. But the Chosen are a step behind and invade the mall. As the others, all still blissfully unaware, debate the worth of Alice's words, the game is up as Patsy returns and reveals the truth. So yeah, panel, another packed scene. Like, what did you make of the Morats's reluctance to accept Alice's initial warning, Patsy finally speaking up, and then Celine's words to Trudy? Oh, oh I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I, I understand them being confused. I do. I get that. That would be really shocking. You've already accepted that, you know, all this stuff about Trudy. But if Alice comes in and tells you, you guys, the Chosen are out there and they're coming, and you have the nerve to be like, what? Why would Alice say something like that? Can we trust her? Like, you deserve to be captured at this point. Exactly. You don't deserve mm -hmm. to be saved, okay? You guys, how dumb. This is poorly written. I get it. They need these guys to hesitate long enough that they can be captured. Fine. But give them smarter dialogue to get there. Yeah. <laughs> it's Alice. It's Alice, you guys. If it were Lex, fine. I would buy them being like Lex. Okay, what is going on? What is he been drinking or whatever? But it's Alice. Yeah, and same if it would have been Danny, you know. But to doubt Alice of all the people who has no reason to to say this. If it were Ebony, that could have been a brilliant scene. If Ebony waltzed in mm -hmm. and told you, you guys, the Chosen are out there. Everybody being like, okay, all right, who's been smoking ether? It's, we can't trust anything that comes out of her mouth. Then this scene would be perfect. But it's Alice. You can't set Alice up as the most honest and true of people that nobody has a problem with in that entire mall. And have these people doubt her word when she's run back to the mall. After you know she's left it. 
because of some emotional turmoil, but she came back for her little sister mm-hmm. and you and doubt her. Like, mm-hmm. come on. You, you, it doesn't work. <laughs> She's the wrong character for it. Wrong character. Mm-hmm. I even love the fact she was like, you guys can argue among yourselves. I have to find my sister. I ain't got time for this. Are you kidding? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which, you know, seems very oh, fitting for Alice. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, as much as we could say about the scene, that's perfect. I hate that scene. I even like the setup of it. I don't like how it makes no sense that this group happens to be walking towards the exit anyway. Like, it just, the staging of it doesn't work. Like, what were you all doing over here in the first place? Where were you going? Where were you going? Nobody has been to the marketplace in ages. Um, the market isn't even open. So what were you all doing walking towards the sewer exit in the first place when you were all just in the cafe? I don't think the staging is good. I don't think the dialogue is good. I don't even think the line delivery of the dialogue is very good. And then, of course, Trudy, I mean, like, Trudy following them made sense. But it's like, where were they going in the first place? Like, (laughs) (laughs) everything about this scene just doesn't work for me, except Alice saying, screw you people, I'm going home. Uh, And then, you know, I get why someone like Celine would instantly try to doubt, you know, that little bit, because she trusts Trudy. And she doesn't want to think bad about her. But, you know, and then Patsy coming in there and it's like, okay, fine. Let's grab her. That Trudy was able to make them doubt Alice. Mm-hmm. Blows my... A- Trudy, you're good. You've been great. Mm-hmm. But no, this, no, no come she- on. I mean, Celine had barely anything to do with Alice until now. So that she doubts, sure. But the rest of them? I just don't buy it. I don't buy that she could waltz in and convince them that Alice is working with Alice. It all makes sense. And for them to actually be like, you know what? She might have a point. Are you kidding? Are you kidding? No, no. I'm sorry. You're not going to make me buy that. That is just stupidity. All Patsy's the one who has to walk in and confirm Alice's story before they think, oh, yeah, it doesn't make sense what Trudy just said. Like, get out of here. Get Come out on, of here. With the way they respond, they had it coming. They had it coming. <laughs> and as for Celine, you know, instantly going, don't hurt her. Why did you do it? We've been through so much together. This and this and this. And you can see it on Trudy's face that, yeah, it, it hurts when Celine mentions this and that she's going to do this to them. But, you know, she just can't. She can't with them anymore. Did anyone else think that Tysan's comment of trudy what's this about was the worst line delivery in tribal history on it she was in on it what was wrong with michelle today (laughs) i i hate that line i hate that line delivery i'm sorry i i hate it i hate the scene i hate it trudy what's this about like are you what is wrong with all of you people like i are you sure, Tyson? I, I thought she hated you. You know, which I thought, Trudy, that was fu- that was funny. That was a funny line. <laughs> but yeah, this, just the slow. There's again, there's no urgency. This was a poorly written scene. You know, in fact, the only one I think who kind of works is May. I like I like May and yeah. I like, uh, Antonia the way she delivers her lines. But um, everybody else, it's just not working for me. I. I hate the scene. I hate the scene. There was a better way to get them to a place where they hesitate long enough that they get caught. 
they could have been smarter. This could have been written. It needed more. It needed to be go, gone through more because this is just the first draft of a scene written and it's bad and it's poorly delivered. It's poorly directed. There's no urgency. There's no energy. And it doesn't even make that much sense. Mm. Celine's begging did make sense to me from her character. You know? I don't know. I felt a little on the nose to point out those specific things. I just don't feel like that is what someone would actually say in this moment of betrayal. I don't think they would go back to these very important moments in the show. Those, <laughs> what she said felt like it was for the audience, but not for what Celine would say in the moment of finding out and realizing that Trudy's betrayed them. That's not how actual people talk. That's mm. not the things that mm. would first come to mind. The, I just, I cannot see an actual person going back to, again, the, the pinpoints of the show. Again, those moments she's mentioning are important to the show and what Trudy's gone through with her tribe. But they're not what a person would actually say in that moment of feeling betrayed. I just don't feel like that was natural dialogue. It was pointed dialogue. Yeah. I get it. I you know why it's there, but it didn't feel organic to me as what you'd say at this moment that this person has betrayed you. You might think it later, but it's not what you would say out loud. I know why it's there though. But Yeah, I mean if anything, she'd be going like, like you officiated my wedding. Like she'd bring mm -hmm. it back to herself. <laughs> that, mm. Yeah, that did seem odd. Yeah, you're right. That's more what Celine would normally do. <laughs> and it's not an insult to Celine, it's just human nature. You know, mm -hmm. what we first think about when something happens, we don't think about the poignant moments that someone else would register in our lives. We're thinking about the stuff that would register for our lot, for us, you know, and these things she's saying are very, they're pointed toward the audience so that we can think of what Trudy's really doing, who she's mm -hmm. betraying. And it's like, maybe Bray would have said that, you know, like. It would make sense for Bray to be like, I delivered your friggin' baby. What the heck are you doing? But it doesn't make sense for Celine to be saying that right now. Again, I know why it's there, though. I'm just like, I hate the scene. It needed another draft. Yeah. Um, no, it needed to just be scrapped, scrapped all together. I think this is one of the main problems on why shows shouldn't have like 52 episodes because there tends to be a lot of laziness happening when constructing a lot of them because there's just so many. And I don't know how, like the last one of the last episodes of the season of one of the best seasons, you decide to go full lazy mode. It's it's beyond me. The more we dissect this episode, the more I hate it. This is going to be one of my worst episodes, <laughs> like my least favorite episodes of the entire series. I do like May. I like her pragmatic reaction to finding this out. Like, I like the things that she's saying. Like, I knew it. You guys didn't see her. You know, these are natural things to be saying. Like, mm -hmm. you guys convinced me that she was, you know, one of the good guys. But I was there. I saw it. You know what I mean? I knew she wasn't faking it. And then I even like her pragmatic attack. Like, we don't have to hurt her. We'll just hold her hostage. She's their supreme mother. That would be a very smart mm -hmm. move, you know? Yeah, made practical. Yeah. I like Casey being like, why can't we hurt her? She hurt us. I liked that moment. Like, that was a natural reaction. Like, why can't we hurt her? She just screwed us over, you know? But Tyson, I love you, but go home. You, <laughs> you, you did not show up for work today, clearly. I do like um, the scene between Alice and Ellie and Jack. Um, even what's going on with um, Ellie and Jack. 
just that, you know, that basic tension of him being uncomfortable with all the romantic happenings in the mall. And clearly he's thinking about what that means about he and Ellie's relationship and the expectations that'll be on him. I even like the little misunderstanding as he points out, he's jealous of the others, but we don't really know why he's jealous. We see that Ellie infers it as something else. And then it turns into this stupid misunderstanding. I don't know. There was something natural about that conversation between the two of them. And um, I, I, I thought that one was okay. You know, that weren't that yeah. one worked. It was okay. Yeah, because it just, you know, looking at Jack, it just felt like he he was jealous, but more at how easy it was for everyone else. You know, they seem to be able to, to do these things so easily. And then there's Jack, who gets uncomfortable by all these things. It wasn't a proposal. It wasn't a proposal, and Ellie <laughs> staring at the baby. With oh, I get it. This is about that's cute. Sex. <laughs> no, 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 it's not bad. <laughs> like that was a natural misunderstanding. Like it was organic. Mm-hmm. And Jack's fight or flight kicking in when he hears Ellie and Alice in the hallway crying for help. And I'd yep. hide too, Jack. I'm with you. Yeah, I'd hide too. It's, it's totally a Jack move. These aren't my kids. I'm hiding. And another chosen that doesn't know how to look for things. <laughs> yeah, well, they weren't trained for that. That's true. They have a whole mall to take over. So if you're not within sight, you're safe. Actually, I might give this chosen a pass because that bed is so low. That cot is so low to the mm-hmm. floor. I might not have thought to look under it either. Because when Jack <laughs> sticks his head out, I'm like, how did you fit under there? <laughs> well, he's a teeny tiny skinny boy. Oh my gosh! That thing looks like it's only five inches off the floor. I don't know how he got in there. I have to hand it to Jack. He's fast if he wants to hide. He was. He's probably had a lot of practice in high school, but he's fast. Hide now, fight later, man. I do think, I wish they had done better with the blocking, because there's some characters where I just don't believe the Chosen could hold them down. And every scene where they have someone trying to hold Alice back, I don't buy it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I get that that's, they're supposed to be holding her back, and that's fine. But every time they film it, I don't buy that these kids are overpowering Alice. <laughs> I mean, the only way to overpower Alice is by holding something sharp to Ellie's throat. And just like the that way. That might stop her. It's just, it's the staging, it's the body language, the fact that these kids don't look like they're actually straining themselves to hold her back. Because then, if they actually look like they were putting some work into it, I'd buy it. But they're usually barely holding on to her. Again, I get it, it's probably, you know, stunt work and stuff, it's questionable. And But I'm like, dude, you need to convince me that Alice, who took out an entire militia on her own... Mm-hmm. You have to make me believe that these kids are holding her back. You can't put two toothpicks on either side of her and convince me that Alice didn't get out of that hold. Come on. Like, I don't buy it. When Alice's arm is bigger than the person holding her, maybe you need to just use a different actor. Yeah, for some reason, most of the Chosen are very, very short. They're very tiny. They're very, very tiny. It's it's to make Jaffa look taller and bigger. Than everyone else. And he's not a short, short person, but... I, I just don't know why they didn't use their weapons. It's just a bit weird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would have liked to at least seen a mall rat, you know, someone injured. You know, like, because they were fighting. And that's why the Chosen were able to overpower them. And it's like, okay, but 
not even Tysan fought back and people are like, oh, Tysan's a good fighter. I'm like, have you ever seen her fight anyone but the time she kicked poor Zonder in the face? Like, <laughs> Tysan's not a fighter. She don't do it. I mean, I could honestly, I could get why Selene wouldn't fight back and also why May wouldn't fight back because May has seen how these people are. She knows her best bet from now on is to just play along. Yeah, and I don't think she's a fighter either. That's not how she wins. That's not how she gets around. It's not how yeah. she survives. Yeah. Yeah. She goes for, for the safest, easiest way for her. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if you, if you want to hold Alice back, at least try and harm Ellie then. Like Lance said, use a weapon. Yeah. Show her being slightly injured, you know? I mean, she's the one character who literally walks around wearing armor. Come on. Mm-hmm. Oh, great. So what are you trying to say, Jack? It's hopeless? Look, I know you feel bad about what happened back at the mall, but you have got to get over it. If you tried to save Ellie, you would have captured yourself anyway. You're right, because I'm not a fighter. I'm not a hero like you. What are you doing here, Jack? Huh? What are you doing here? Don't you get it? It's not about being a fighter. It's about not giving up. As they return to an empty mall, Lex blames Bray and Danny for what happened and wants to take charge from here on out. But Ryan stops them arguing and takes them to a traumatised Jack, who is racked with guilt at having hid when Ellie and others were taken away. Later, Jack tells Bray that he's ashamed of not being a fighter like him, but Bray wants him to snap out of it, telling him that fighting back is more about refusing to give up. So yeah, I mean, what did you make of Jack's kind of trauma and shame here, and Bray's words to Jack about there being more than one way to fight? Jack is in a shocked meltdown mode. That's... I think for me, that's the best way to describe it. He's just fully stuck in his head. You can see him moving slightly back and forth, just so shocked about, okay, they've taken her away, and and I wasn't taken away with her because I was scared, and I didn't protect them. And he's just he's just overwhelmed with everything that happened and his own role in that. Yeah, that's all. I, this is another scene where the acting is too good for the episode. Um, Michael does such a good job. Like, it's almost like, Michael, you didn't have to go this hard in expressing his emotions because this episode didn't deserve it. Um, <laughs> but again, it's another scene where it's the actors who are saving the dialogue because they're performing so well. Michael is just so good in conveying the shock and shame that someone feels when they... When the moment happens to you, you might have imagined it in the past, like, oh, I would do this when the zombies come. And then the zombies came and you reacted in a way you never imagined. And you are completely, you know, traumatized by that because you're just like, that's not how I thought I'd handle this. Um, and being ashamed of yourself for that, even though he has no reason to be ashamed. Uh, he's in a much better position to help Ellie now. So kudos, Jack. But I understand why he doesn't see it that way. And I, 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 Michael, damn it. <laughs> you were too good for this. <laughs> <laughs> you were much too good for this. And I do like what Bray says to him, even if I'm, again, I'm not crazy about the dialogue, the message of what Bray is saying to him, that he can't get hung up on these specifics of how he handled this because there is more, more than one way to fight. Like right now, you're actually more useless to Ellie than you were when you hid Jack because you cannot function. You can't get past it and you need to. And he's using some tough love to get him there. And that's cool. Like, I like that. Um, I love the reaction of the boys when they get back to the mall. 
It felt very in character for all of them. Of course, Lex and Bray are going to have a go at each other. And I, I even like the fact that Bray throws Lex a bone and just accepts fault for this whole mess. You know, mm-hmm. and I love that Bray, uh, that, uh, sorry, Ryan is the one who has to play dad and say, okay, you boys done? Because we have a bigger problem than which one of you has a smaller dick. Let's go. You know, and mm-hmm. so, <laughs> I thought that was very well handled. It says a lot about these characters and what they bring to the story and um, how useless Bray and Lex are just stuck together. They always need a third per- <laughs> party to like keep them focused. <laughs> Like, I love Bray and Legs together, but they need an anchor. They absolutely do to get anything done. <laughs> and I love that right now it's Ryan. Ryan is the one yeah. keeping these two idiots focused on the bigger picture. Because <laughs> Bray is just like, Danny, Danny, Danny. And Lex is like, it's your fault. It's your fault. It's your fault. And Ryan is like, could we save everyone, please? That's my wife, too. I love that. He's uh, just like, you know, my wife's gone, too. Can we focus? All right? <laughs> now is not the time. Yep. And then, you know, it's it's so logical that Lex instantly goes, Jack, come on, stop fooling around. Tell us. And Bray just shushes him with an easy, easy, Jack, are you hurt? <laughs> you know, it, it makes sense that Jack would, in, that Lex would instantly want to pressure him to to give details to tell them what happened and Bray just goes okay first let's make sure Jack is okay because Bray is more used to having to calm people down before they can say anything because well how long has he dealt with Trudy again and with Danny (laughs) I I feel bad for Jack in this scene though yeah Michael really sells that moment again Mm -hmm. too good too good for what he's actually having to say his acting is too good for the script I agree. I'm already just tired of this episode. I really don't like it anymore. (laughs) Okay, Carlin, I feel your pain. I've had many an episode where I was just like, I quit. Do the podcast without me. I'm done. (laughs) The more I think about this episode, the more I hate it. (laughs) I rather rather them go through another fight with with pillows again than due to the city just being so stupid. The pillows were at least a passive resistance. <laughs> yeah, yeah, at least. At least. Yeah, that's more of a resistance than the demon dogs and the gulls and everyone put up against the chosen. I still can't believe that. Your warrior tribes, y'all are so soft. <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm honestly, the more I think about it, the more I'm convinced that they were just so sick and tired of Danny that they'd rather have the guardian lead them all. Has to be. Either that or they're fake thugs. Come on, guys. We can't give up hope now. The boys are still out there, you know. What? By boys, you're talking about Lex? What, Orion? Held captive in the hotel, Celine tries to keep up the Morats' spirits, while Casey is angry at Patsy, and Danny apologizes to Chloe for not listening to her concerns about Trudy earlier. Newly reunited with the real Brady, a cheerful Trudy sends for Patsy, but Patsy refuses to join her. Um, so yeah, I mean, what did you make in general of the Moratz's actions whilst in captivity? It felt a little too short, to be honest. I felt like a lot more should have been said between these guys. I feel like they only touch on a fraction of what these guys would be saying to each other in this moment. But the things they're saying aren't bad. I'll give them that. I'm I'm glad that somebody apologizes to Chloe. Kudos to you, Danny, for being the first to step up and say there was one of us who wasn't fooled. 
admitting her she that she herself was fooled. That's awesome. Why didn't everybody else say, "Yeah, Danny's right. We're sorry, Chloe." Um, I liked that. Thank you, Danny. Thank you for realizing that very quickly and stepping up and saying something about it. You know, Casey being upset. I love how now Dal's like, Casey, shut up. We all were fooled, okay? There's no point in just blaming Patsy when every single one of us fell for what Trudy said because none of us wanted to deal with the guilt that we felt about Trudy's situation. So we were eager to believe whatever she said to us. I like that from Dal. That made sense from Dal. You know, Patsy literally just in tears, you know, and Chloe comforting her and, you know, the the awkwardness between, you know, Ellie realizing she doesn't know where Jack went. He didn't rescue her, but <laughs> maybe, yeah. maybe he got captured. He didn't run. No, shut up, you guys. <laughs> this is not the time to be talking about this, you know, and the fact you can see Alice is still a little bitter about the guys because she's just like, oh, mm-hmm. we're happy that Lex is out there. Ryan is out there. Like, okay, Alice, chill. <laughs> oh, and then Celine being the one to go, oh, but the guys are still out there. That just didn't seem very fitting, at least not about Ryan from her point of view. It makes mm-hmm. sense for Celine because she's always waiting for someone to rescue her. Uh, and Bray is still out there. Yeah, but the men are still out there. <laughs> they'll come back for hunting furs and they'll save us from the engines. You know, I mean, that's very Celine. So. <laughs> They're in character. I will give them that, even though I feel like more should be being said during this conversation. But and, uh, Ellie's first instinct, oh, Jack, Jack, Jack must have been overpowered. You know, she has no illusion. That they didn't capture him. It keeps coming back to that annoying, like, you know, toxic masculinity idea that because Jack's a male, he's supposed to be some, like, sword-bearing hero, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, dude... Yeah, yeah, but Ali doesn't think like that. She instantly goes, he must have been overpowered. But that's actually, con- that's part of it. Like, it's actually contributing to the idea that if Jack didn't fight back, he must have been overpowered. Not that he just took the practical course and ran, you know? Because he's a guy. He's not supposed to do that. You know what I mean? Like, it just speaks to that old world idea that the guys are supposed to either beat the captives or be overpowered. They're not allowed to be like, I did the smart thing and took off, Okay. <laughs> See, for, for me, it just felt like she had no fate whatsoever that he would have stood a chance. That's more how it felt like to me. But I mean, he wouldn't have. That's no. just, let's be honest. Jack's a small guy. He wouldn't have stood a chance. He would have been overpowered. But it's not like that's a bad thing. You guys were easily overpowered. You should be mm-hmm. looking at Alice saying, how the heck were you <laughs> overpowered, Alice? Mm-hmm. Oh, hey, Tyson, um, what the frick? Your spirits didn't tell you this was coming? Like, nope. I'm saying, there, there's some things you could be slapping at some of these people. Mm-hmm. Crystal Ball had a day off. This is the one time I'm going to say, leave Jack the heck alone. <laughs> leave him alone. <laughs> Ellie, I love you. You are not worth Jack getting a black eye over, okay? Nope. <laughs> he did the wise thing, and he hid. Mm-hmm. Yep. 100%. 
oh, that just an old idea. You're in a theater with your girlfriend and the place catches fire. And the comedian goes, and you know your girlfriend's going to look at you like, what are we going to do? <laughs> like, what do you think we're going to do? I'm scared too. <laughs> and then that chosen member standing there and going, which one's Patsy? Poor kid. Poor child hasn't been through enough. I love that scene between her and uh, uh, Trudy. I think it says so much about how the chosen mess with you. Um, everything Trudy is saying to Patsy, you know, this is how we saw the guardian talk to Trudy the same way mm-hmm. when she believed Ebony and helped Ebony get away. And of course, Ebony betrayed her and she's left crying, devastated. And look, remember the way he talked to her? You know, this is exactly what Trudy's doing to Patsy. Like, Patsy, you failed, but it's okay, because I did too the first time. And she's being so sweet and comforting. And it's Brady. Don't you want to hold her? And Patsy reacts to that love. And she or she's eager to accept it, but she catches herself. Which, kudos mm-hmm. to you, Patsy, for recognizing the trap and saying, no, no, you're messing with me. You know what I mean? It doesn't change anything that what you've done and then how cold trudy goes because we've seen again the guardian do the exact same thing to her whenever trudy would defy him all that love Mm -hmm. all that sweetness would shut off you deny their descent you take it from them Mm -hmm. like you will get nothing good from me unless you do what i want take her away you know what i mean and i was proud of patsy because i know how much how hard that must have been for her especially Mm -hmm. at her young age and uh it's like kudos you know you're not a smart kid but that was cool that was cool for you you know that because that was a scary moment of confrontation for her she's still an idiot but they're all idiots she at least has an excuse for being an idiot i guess (laughs) and all that look on patsy's face moments here it's brady the real brady she just she instantly lights up with okay yes please let me hold this child that i lost yep and yeah, the moment he calls her princess, it's just you can just see her face drop. So is merciful, you are forgiven. And it's like, oh no, no. Uh, the, how quickly Antonia's face changes. It's just, it's great to see. Yeah, I like that consistency of what the chosen do. They were really good at mm-hmm. doing that here in season three. Just yeah, it's it just it leaves so much open to understanding of what Trudy went through watching. You know what Jaffa was doing in the cave, and then seeing what how she was with Patsy. It just paints a picture of how they convert people, what they put them through, mm-hmm. how they emotionally torment them. You know, I think they just did such a great job with that in this season. And and I do think that in this moment, Trudy is frustrated that Patsy dares to say no to her in this position. Uh, yep, because she wanted Patsy to just instantly fall in line. Not just to have someone with her, but also, you know, to show to Jaffa that, of course, he has this girl in her pocket. Move! Where are you going? I was just going to get some air. It's so stuffy in here. Yeah, I know what you mean. How's that I come along? I'll live. So, what did you do to deserve that? Oh, these people don't need an excuse to beat up on you. They're crazy. You okay? Yeah, why not? You're sweating. Well, I told you. I need some air. Hey, 
brought to the hotel by Wolf, who claims to have been beaten up by the Chosen and sent with a message, Bray and others look on as the Guardian instructs the tribe leaders to publicly kneel and pray Zoot. Lex, ever the scammer, quickly realises that Wolf is faking his injuries, and a struggle ensues between Bray and Wolf on the staircase, during which he's pushed down the stairs by Jack. And I mean, I personally didn't like how Jack's traumatic journey was ended in half an hour, but what do you guys think? Um, am I the only one who feels like Bray, Lex, Ryan, and even Wolf set this up so Jack could become a hero and get out of his funk? It just feels a little orchestrated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little too soon. A little too soon. I, I, may I just say, I do like that Jack is the one to push him down his stairs to his demise after he first suspected, suspected Wolf of being after Ellie. I like the basic message of the scene. I like that Jack has his moment to be a hero, something he didn't think he could be, and he needed it clearly because he's not able to function. Mm-hmm. Blah, 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 blah. I think it, like uh, Carlin says, it might be a little too soon for him to have mm-hmm. this moment so he can function. But in the, in the okay, it's fine. But I just feel like the <laughs> way it's orchestrated, yeah. it's a little too on the nose. I think it's weird that Lex, who is suspecting something is off by Wolf, is still caught off guard by Wolf. Like, Lex, you're having this conversation with him because you suspect he's not being honest. So how is he able to get the drop on you? Like, <laughs> um, I, I, I don't understand how Bray, who is bigger than Wolf and should be able to take him on mm-hmm. physically, isn't able to until 90-pound Jack swoops in and chucks him down the stairs. I'm happy Jack gets his hero <laughs> moment. Kudos to you, Jack. Awesome. Uh, but it's just, I don't think the scene is done that well. That's my problem with it. I don't think it's a very mm. well done scene. I think it could have been put together a little better, blocked a little better. And yeah, it just feels a little too on the nose that this is the moment Jack needs to realize, okay, I am a hero. I can save Ellie. You know what I mean? It's just like, <laughs> fine. I'll let it slide. But it's not a great scene. It has its moments, though. It seems trash now that I look at it. It's as if it's saying Jack is a man now. He has his first kill. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. He killed the wolf. Just keep it just adds to that toxic mex- masculinity that Jack can't be a hero unless he physically takes somebody out. And it's like I thought Jack the whole point of Jack was that you don't have to be a man by these metrics, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I just feel like this kind of defies that point. And I thought that was a great point. Because how many young men looked up to Jack watching this show? Because they weren't Lex. They weren't Bray. They weren't yeah. even a Ryan. But they were a Jack. And you're basically mm-hmm. telling them that you're not a man unless you beat someone up. <laughs> and I'm, like, Jack's not a man until, as Carlin says, he gets his first blood. And I'm just like, I don't feel like this was necessary. I would have been much more prouder of Jack if he had just realized on his own, I, you know what I mean? I need to save Ellie. You know, sure, I hid. It was a smart thing to do. I just don't think this was necessary. I don't even think it was necessary for them to deal with Wolf anyway. It seemed pretty pointless, but... It's again, it's just to be like, hey, Jack's a man now. He's over his trauma. Alex, Alex could have just knocked him out. Could have just knocked him out. They didn't get any information out of him that they couldn't have gathered on their own. The only thing Wolf brings to the table is he tells them where Danny is being held. That is 
it. Yeah, and when and when something's happening. It, it's basically just a scene so that Jack can get his gang teardrop tattoo. You know, and it's like, I don't think Jack needed that as a character. No, he didn't. I, I, didn't, I didn't like it at all. <laughs> like, that's not who Jack is, and that doesn't validate him as a character because he took out Wolf. It doesn't make him brave. You know, he didn't need this to be brave. Jack has shown his bravery in so many ways. He didn't need to beat up this guy and throw him down the stairs for me to think that he's brave. You know, this was actually, looking at it now, it was the first time I actually realized that uh, Jack threw him down the stairs. I just assumed he ran into him and it was an accident. Oh, he flung him. Yeah. <laughs> he flung his butt down the for, for some reason, that never really registered before. Because my brain didn't connect Jack with doing something like that. And kudos to the actor who played Wolf. Have you ever tried to mm-hmm. fall down the stairs and not hurt yourself? <laughs> and make it look realistic? Not bad, kid. Not bad. <laughs> I would have kicked him for good measure, just to make sure he was actually unconscious. Yeah. Yeah, he's down, he's staying now, not our problem anymore. That is the tribe. But yet, yet, for some reason, they did not check, and they didn't wait to see if he would get up and run away and rat them out to the Guardian. Yeah, you guys had the same problem with Top Hat, so maybe you should verify the kill. Throw him down the other flight, just to make sure. You know, over a balcony. (laughs) Seems to work for you guys. Tie him up, just tie him up. But yeah, that would have been badass if they would have, like, (laughs) uh, totally... Shooted him? No, breached the chosen meeting with the rest of the tribes, and Bray's just on the balcony with with Wolf's body. He's like, Guardian! Catch! Hello there. It, and then just throws him. <laughs> it wouldn't have worked, though, because the Guardian w- didn't give a crap about Wolf. He's not a chosen. He's just a freelance spy. So Yeah. <laughs> I get that the scene is fun, and I'm sure lots of viewers found it fun, and they were happy that Jack got his moment. I just don't feel like it was necessary for Jack. It, this no. scene, Jack didn't need the scene to validate his freaking manhood. You know, and um, I just think it gives off that right. But I'm glad they did deal with Wolf. Yeah, I'm glad they did with Wolf, but I just, I don't like the overall message of what it says Mm -hmm. about Jack as a person. That this was necessary for him to be a man. It's like, no, it wasn't. There's, uh, one of the things I always liked about the show is that there's different versions of masculinity and femininity. And no one way is right. So I don't like when these pointed scenes basically say, this is what you have to accomplish to maintain your masculinity or your femininity or whatever, you know. Jack deserved better. He deserved a moment Mm -hmm. where he maintained his validation on his own or his friends acknowledged his, validated him without this. And that's what made Jack say, okay, let's get Ellie or something. You know, I just don't think he needed a fist fight to realize I'm a man and I can save her, you know. Yep. Yeah, it it's yeah, basically so not Jack that I forgot about this happening at all. I'm surprised Jack didn't cut a piece of Wolf's hair and put it on his clothing for like a trophy. <laughs> <laughs> Rip out his heart, Jack. You have to take a bite out of it now. No 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 no. The head and hang it on a wall. Wow. This will make for a great souvenir. Because <laughs> it's not like he, he didn't fail Ellie. You know, I I hate this idea that you're expected to save someone 
because of your gender. He would have been no good. He would have been captured. That's what would have happened. And it wouldn't matter what sex he is. That's what would have happened. So the fact that he happens to have something between his legs dangling is he was supposed to do one thing over the other is crap. And I don't like the messaging, you know? He did the wise thing, which more people had that sense. He's in a better position to actually help her now, you know? And again, is anybody looking at Tyson who's supposed to be able to take care of herself? <laughs> I'm sorry, it just annoys me that she's a like, fake too. She did nothing to defend herself or anybody else during this physical altercation, but nobody says anything mm-hmm. to her. Yeah. Where that judo kick uh <laughs> that you did to Zandra, where's that at? Exactly. Like it just annoys me that Jack is getting flack for not saving Ellie, but Tyson didn't save anybody. <laughs> okay, cool. Um that brings us to our final thoughts of the episode. Your leaders have seen the light. They have pledged themselves to obey the will of Zoot. Now they come before you to praise him and to invite you all to join us. For only through the love of Zoot can you be chosen. So Bray watches on in fear as he wonders if Danny's stubbornness will win out over her sense of coercion and survival. However, with no other options available to her and the only one left standing, a reluctant Danny finally gives in to the Guardian and Nils. So yeah, what did you make of the cliffhanger ending there? The best lines he ever said. Sorry, I had to. I'll say this. Ella's acting is on point. She mm-hmm. gave a very good performance. Even if I don't like the script, even if I don't think the face-off between her and the Guardian is very poignant, considering the things that she herself has done and... I don't feel like the Mallrats are all that different from The Chosen. Ella put in a good performance. I liked Mm -hmm. her. I thought she did a great job. And I liked the struggle on her face and the fact that she doesn't want to give in. And you don't know if she's going to. And I like the fact that his veiled threats, that if she doesn't, everybody is going to die. Like, he's happy the others have bowed but he's leaving it on Danny's head because one of the things he says, he goes, it's too bad. Mm-hmm. Like he says, like, I love, you know, I like what you've done brothers. I appreciate your gesture too bad. You're not all unanimous in this. That's a veiled threat that if Danny doesn't give in, he'll still kill all mm-hmm. of the leaders. And I liked that on her shoulders, that realization that her actions affect other people. And in that moment, Danny said, all right, you know what? I am going to put people ahead of what I want. And I'm going to bow. I I thought she did a great job in that performance. Even if I don't think it all works. She did great. Ella, gold stars for you. You were very convincing. You know, I really like that we still see the hesitation on her face. And you see Bray going on. What's the matter, Danny? Do it. Do it. Where I'm thinking, would he have said the same if it had? Than anyone else at that point, but yeah, her just the way she looks at him, and they even have to force her on the back of her legs, you know, and you know, force her on her knees for her to have to say, Suit be praised, and to his chosen victory. Just she says it, and yet you can still see the level of defiance in that. It's annoying that the only thing, once again, that Bray cares about is Danny. Like, mm-hmm. there's literally no one else he cares about. Like, 
I get, I get it. He loves Danny, but geez, he has an entire mall of people he's supposed to care about, and not a single one of them popped into his head. He didn't know that Brady wasn't Brady until Chloe finally said something, but it never even yep. crossed his mind that, oh my gosh, my niece is in danger. He doesn't have to care about Trudy. Fine, whatever. Yeah. Shouldn't he be thinking, oh my gosh, the Chosen are back. Have they come for Brady? You know what I mean? What is Trudy doing? And is my niece in danger? Never crosses his mind. Just, Danny! You know, and it's just like, is there nobody else in that building that you care about, right? You know, nobody? I, I, I just, it was annoying. It was a little annoying. <laughs> it was just a little bit too much. But, you know, whatever. Hmm. We have Ryan to care about everybody. You know, he's the balance. Mm -hmm. It's not a great episode, and it really should be because it's the penult. It's the what do they call it? The penultimate episode. Yeah, I feel like it should have been stronger. I I just don't feel like the script services it well, and the direction is not inspired, and it doesn't have the energy it should have. And the actors are doing their best and they themselves save several scenes with their performances they're doing the best they can but for the almost finale it's a little bit of a dud for me no i feel the same way it's it's just missing so much spark i don't know what, how <laughs> they've managed to do that it's like yeah the second to last episode yeah i don't know how they managed to make it so flat <laughs> yeah terrible job it's basically bring Danny's kiss in an episode. That's what this is. Yeah. It's like, this is what we were waiting for? <laughs> not impressed. <laughs> it's like the pieces are good, but it's just not fleshed out. And it's like, they've got the time to do it. That's sort of a weird thing. They've had so much time <laughs> to do it. Mm -hmm. But, no, I don't know. I, I know they were, feel like they were saving it all for season three, but... <laughs> There was so much that could have been done mm -hmm. in this part. It just, it, it needed a better script. Because the storyline of this episode is fine. It's fine. It's just the script and the direction of it. I think even you could have gotten away with the script not being great if the direction had had more energy, more pep, more spark. The mm -hmm. cinematography, the editing could have made this feel, just bring up the energy. But I feel like everyone's sleepwalking their way through this episode. And it's like, you really shouldn't be. This is not the episode for it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, even that final bit with Bray was going. Oh, Danny, we went to like run and save her. It was just, it just felt empty. <laughs> it really good. Like, come on, your, the love of your life is about to probably get killed, and you're just like, eh, really? <laughs> I am really at this point. I'm missing Costa boats a lot because these shots mm -hmm. are so bland. There's lacking creativity, the angles, everything. I miss Costa so much. <laughs> the beginning of season two may not have been great, but his direction made a massive difference in how I felt about scenes being shot. Uh, that brings series two, episode 51 to a close. Thank you very much to the panel. And if you'd like to take part in a future episode of the podcast, please do send us a message on our Facebook page or on our website, thetribe.co.uk. So we'll see you next time for the finale, episode 52. Until then, bye. Bye. Later. Bye.